Hey everybody, welcome to the First Pres Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast channel or our YouTube channel for the latest Sunday messages. We're so glad that you're listening and we are praying that the following message inspires you to take your next steps towards Jesus. Amen. Good morning, church. Good to have you here in the house. Good morning to you who are uh, worshiping with us online. Uh, We love that we're one church united together even when we're worshiping far apart and we're still on this mission of Jesus Christ. We're on this mission of Jesus Christ here and and I'm glad to have you here. Yes, if you're a guest here, you made it for Commitment Sunday. Yay! What a great Sunday to pick, but that's okay. Uh, It's good to be with the body of Christ that's, that's leaning forward and when we come to the end of this, as you see other people bring commitment cards forward or something, all we're asking is that you just celebrate with us how God is moving and in the, in the lives of those who are committed to this mission, but don't feel any obligation. We're finishing a series this morning called Belong, and we've been talking about belonging for a long, long time. And so we're gonna, I'm going to ask you to open up to 1 Peter chapter 2, and to finish this series, it's a message, it's just called Belong. And I want you to open to 1 Peter chapter 2, I'm going to read verses 4 through 10, and as we get there, uh, let's get there with God, let's pray, let's pray that God opens our hearts, opens our minds, let's pray. Uh, Jesus, we're helpless in front of these words unless you send your Holy Spirit and help us. Open up our minds, open up our hearts so we can hear your voice calling us towards you and learning what it means to belong in Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. And the church said, amen. Amen. Okay, 1 Peter 2 at verse 4. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to him, to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You have received mercy. This is God's word. We're grateful. Amen? Belong. Belong. Uh, People take more pictures now than they ever have. Have you noticed that? There's a picture of every cotton-picking thing that goes on in somebody's life, right? We've been taking a lot of pictures. iPhone users are the worst. iPhone users actually take more pictures than... Yeah, thank you very much. There's an iPhone in the back. iPhone users, they take uh, about 185 pictures a month on average in, uh, in iOS and that operating system. 185 a month. That means like six a day. Six a day. So... Okay, hands in the air. Who takes six or more pictures a day? 
Come on, be honest. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Hello. I'm taking one right now. There you go. Yeah, right. I probably took a dozen yesterday. I know. Six, six or eight pictures a day, and we keep over 600 pictures on our phone at a time. What are you going to do with all those pictures, people? You know, you don't even have time to go back and look at all. When I was a kid, taking a picture was a huge pain. It was a big challenge. You had to go get film, put it in the camera, right? Anybody remember film? And you had to put it in there. You had to put it in there right, get it rotating around. And then you go take all your pictures. And then you got to take the film in to get processed. took two weeks at Albertsons for my pictures to come back. They come back. I open up the envelope. I start pulling the pictures out. That's when you learn, oh, the lens is scratched. Ah, that wasn't in focus. Oh, there wasn't enough light. Oh, you actually can't take a picture out of the side of a bus going 55 miles an hour and expect it to capture the beauty of the sunset, right? Taking a picture was a pain. But now we take all kinds of pictures. There's things that we want to remember, things that we want to treasure, things that we want to kind of memorialize, we want to hold on to these moments in our life. I mean, really, are there that many special moments? But we want to hold them on to them. We want to keep them. We want to treasure them. I'll tell you that the most important moment in my life, the most important moment in my life, is a moment that doesn't have any pictures. For me, it's the moment that I gave my life to Jesus. And I knew that I belonged to him. There's no belonging like belonging to Jesus. And nothing matters more then the day your life belongs to him. We've been talking about true belonging this whole series. We want to be ambassadors of true belonging to a world that's isolated, that's alone, to people that for a hundred reasons are feeling separated, they're feeling isolated, they're feeling like they've got no real connection, no true belonging. We can be ambassadors that Jesus Christ has another way of life. There is true belonging in him, belonging to God and belonging to one another. And the series started with the Samaritan woman at the well. This woman who came out to the well met Jesus, and her whole life changed. Everything in her life changed in that moment. She probably had a, a hundred moments in her life that are worth taking a picture of. Highs, lows, good things, bad things. But there was no moment in her whole life to match the moment that she came to know Jesus Christ. And we looked at Peter, Peter this fisherman, and one day Jesus came and he got in his boat. And Peter probably had a thousand things that he could have taken pictures of in the course of his life. If he had had an iPhone, it would have been full, right? I mean, he would have dropped it at some point in the bottom of the Sea of Galilee, but, you know, maybe it'd be in the cloud. There'd be a, a, a hundred things that he could take pictures of. But there is no moment in Peter's life like the moment that he came to know that he belonged to Jesus Christ. There's no belonging like belonging to Jesus. And so in this final day, in this final bit of this, of this message series, in the culmination of all that we've been thinking about, talking about, learning about, this is my appeal to you. Belong. Not to First Pres, not just to the church, not just to your family, not to the people around you. Belong. You belong to Jesus Christ. Belong to him. Nothing else matters. This passage that we're going to look at is, is Peter reflecting on that day that he came to belong to Jesus. 
And so what I'm going to do in the course of these next 20 minutes or so, I'm going to present the gospel as clearly as I can. And, and, and it's, it's mine to present. It's the Holy Spirit's to rest on your heart. And some of you, you're going to hear this in a new way and a different way. For some of you, today is going to be a day that you, having been alone, that you risk being known. It's a day that having risked being known, that you are open to God. You're open to God in a new way. You hear things that you haven't, that you've heard before. You hear them differently. You understand them differently. And you find yourself suddenly open to God. And tomorrow, you'll walk through life and you will be surprised at how you are open to others in a way that you have never been before. But today is the day. Right now is the time. This is the hour where you are open to God, where your journey of of loneliness, of isolation, of not being known, of not being seen, of not being understood, your journey of, of aching for the meaning and purpose of life, that journey comes to a culmination when you belong to Jesus. Belong to Jesus. Peter wasn't even Peter until Jesus called him that. Did you know that? He wasn't even Peter. Anybody know what his name was? Simon. He was born, his parents said, let's name this kid. We'll name him Simon. And they did. They took him to the temple. They said, hey, everybody, this kid, he's named Simon. As he grew up and he met other kids, what's your name? My name's Simon. I mean, he was Simon. That's all he knew. His family knew him as Simon. His friends knew him as Simon. When he started his business, every contract he signed, he signed Simon. And then comes Jesus. And Jesus says, hey, what's your name? Simon, nah, I'm going to call you Peter. What? My name's Simon. No, your name's Peter from now on. A new name for a new life, you see. When you come to Jesus, everything is made new. So we read about that moment in Peter's life. We read in Luke 5 about when Jesus got in the boat. We read about it a few weeks ago. You can read back sometime or listen back to that message. But he met Jesus that day. Simon met Jesus that day. And Jesus came and he said, hey, you, I want you to come follow me. And what did Simon do? He dropped his nets. He left his boats. He said goodbye to his colleagues. And he followed Jesus. What was he saying? With every step forward, he was saying, I belong to you body and soul, my life, everything I am. My life belongs to you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to step towards you. And the Gospel of John tells us that right off the bat, Jesus turned to him and said, you know what, I'm going to give you a new name. Your name's not Simon, your name's Peter. Peter means rock. I've got a purpose for you. I've got something to build in your life. I'm going to build into you. And you're going to be someplace where other people can, can build onto and build into. I've got a name for you. My, your name is Peter. Your name is Rock. Later on in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus said this, I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. A new purpose for a new life. Now, careful here. The, the rock that Jesus is building his church on is not the man Peter. It's the profession of faith that Peter was able to make under the Holy Spirit when he said, you are Jesus the Christ. And that's the, that's the rock that Jesus is going to build the church on, okay? But I want you to catch this language. All this stuff about rocks and stones. So we read this passage, that's all that Peter's thinking about. 
Like, what is the stone? What's the rock? What's the cornerstone? What does all this mean? Peter is weaving all of this together. Why? Because Jesus said, I've got a new name for you. Your name is Peter. It means rock. And I'm going to build something into your life. I'm going to build your life in a new way. Remember that rock. Just think about that. Because by the time we read this passage this morning, I'm not reading anything to you from the book of 1 Simon, am I? This reading isn't from the book of 1 Simon. There is no book of 1 Simon. Peter's all we know him as. A new name for a new life in Jesus. But even as Peter studied all this and under, tried to understand all of this, he knew, he knew that the true rock is Jesus Christ. It all starts there. So let's look at this together. Verse 4. As you come to him, the living, what? Stone. Just underline everywhere there's a rock, there's a stone. As you come to him, the living stone... Rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to Him, you also, like living what? Like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion. It's chosen and precious corner, what? A cornerstone, yeah. I'm not going to make you do that the whole morning, don't worry. I think you're getting the point. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Who's the cornerstone? The cornerstone is Jesus. Precious, chosen, set in place. Look, when you were building something in the ancient world, it was paramount to choose and to set the cornerstone. This was the first thing you had to do. And if you were building something big, these cornerstones, don't think of like the little cornerstone at the edge of our building. Sometimes if you're building a temple or like a palace or something, these are as big as an SUV. I mean, it was like a, it was like a, a trailer, you know, home, you know, just like enormous. It's like a bus. And this, these cornerstones, they had to be set in place and they had to be perfectly squared off and plumb. Why? Because everything's going to be built off of them. And if they're not right, then everything's going to be built wrong. And so archaeologists and stuff, they go back and they see all these ancient quarries. They see all these stones littered along the side that are sort of like half carved, half cut. And they think, why? Well, these are the stones that didn't cut it. They were looking for the cornerstone. And they're left aside by the quarry road. And they're, they're just, they're left behind. Pushed aside. They're useless now. Rejected. But, verse 7, Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. See, to you who believe this stone, you see this is the cornerstone. This is precious. This is valuable. But to those who do not believe, and here we get our, the stone the builder has rejected has become the cornerstone. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Let's dig into that. That's a quote. That's a quote from Psalm 118. And Jesus, it was the first one to say that. Peter would have heard him say that. Jesus was in a debate one day with the chief priests and the, and the, the, the lawyers outside the temple. And he was telling them all kinds of parables about how you religious people, you better watch out because you think that by being good and by doing these religious things, you have earned your way into God's good favor. But you better watch it because you might just find that those who think they're on the inside, they wind up on the outside. And those who are on the outside, 
they wind up being the very core of the whole operation. So Jesus said, you watch out. And what did they say? They said, God forbid. And they started thinking about ways to get this guy killed. And Jesus, he looked them right in the eye. And this is what we're looking at here in, in this next verse, that uh, Luke 20, 17. So they said, look, you might find the outsiders are on the inside, the insiders are on the outside. God forbid it, they said. Jesus looked directly at them and asked, then what is the meaning of that which is written? The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Peter held on to that. He heard him say it. He held on to it. I think Peter was trying to figure out, why did you, why'd you rename me Peter? What does a rock have to do with anything? Where does a stone have to do with anything? And then Jesus quotes this. I think Peter holds on to it. And when he has to go and write a letter to all the churches, uh, Peter, he, he quotes that. And you know what else? When he's called in front of the Sanhedrin in Acts chapter 4 for preaching Jesus, and they call him and they've got a trial going over Peter, and they say, you can't talk about Jesus. You've got to stop saying Jesus. I don't want you to use the name Jesus, this is what Peter said in front of the Sanhedrin in Acts chapter 4, verse 11. Not stop talking about Jesus. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected that has become the what? The cornerstone. Stop talking about Jesus. Salvation is found in no one else. There's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Jesus is the stone. The builders rejected that is now the cornerstone, the precious cornerstone. But look at this now. Not only is Jesus the cornerstone, but look at verse 5. We are built into his spiritual house. And as you come to him, says Peter, this doesn't just have to do with me, but as you come to him, you also. Church, say you also. You also. You also. You also are like living stones being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You also. We'll get back to that. We're going to be a, a holy priesthood. Folks, uh, this is among all the other things that today is. In our church calendar, we call this Reformation Sunday because we always want to remember this moment when uh, there was a team of leaders who got up and said, wait a minute, the gospel got lost in a sea of confusion, and on the authority of Scripture, we want to clarify the gospel. And we've got to clarify the gospel every generation, every season, every time there's confusion. And so we remember uh, the Reformation, the Protestant Reformation, Reformation Sunday. And one of the keys principles of the Reformation is this thing that we call the priesthood of all believers, that all believers are priests. All believers are saints. All, everyone who believes in Jesus Christ, you are a priest. Now, if you came in here, you're probably thinking the last thing I thought of myself of this morning, right, was a priest. I mean, I'm going to church. That's good enough, right? But me, a priest? Yes, you are. Yes, you are, if you believe in Jesus Christ. Here's three aspects of your priesthood before Jesus. Number one, you're a priest. You have access to God. You have access to God. There's no mediator, no stand between that you have to go through to address or be in a relationship with God. Only Jesus Christ. He's the only mediator. You have access to God. You're a priest. Number two, you bring the world to God. What do I mean? You bring your heart to God. 
You bring your intercessions for a broken world before God. As much as you're able, you're carrying the world before God. Like a priest, you're bringing the brokenness of the world before God. And number three, you present God to the world. Sometimes you don't even know you're doing it, but you do. People know that you're a believer, you're a follower of Jesus Christ. God said, didn't he, in his scriptures, no one has seen God, but if we love one another, his love is made complete in us. You see, we're, we're representing God to the world. These are the three aspects of your priesthood. You're a priest. You've got worship, access to God. You've got intercession. You bring the world to God. And you've got ministry. You're bringing God to the world. Three things in your priesthood. But more to the point is this. Those first two words in verse 5. You also. You also. Poke that person who's sleeping next to you and say, you also. Uh-oh, you better poke them again. Poke that person on the right and say, you also. You also. <laughs> wake up. Wake up. You also. What's Peter saying? He's saying, look, yeah, you also. He's saying, look, it's not just me who gets to be in a relationship with Jesus. But this experience that I've had, you can have too. I was left aside. I thought like life was leaving me behind. I was left aside on the quarry road, useless. And Jesus came along and he pulled me in and he said, no, 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 you are not Simon, you're Peter. And I've got a purpose for you to build into you. And what I want you to know, what if Peter would say, if there's one thing I can tell you, it's this. Those who have been left behind, those who think they're on the margins, those who think they're not part of this, they get pulled in and they're gonna be part of it. And you also... You have a purpose under Jesus Christ. You have a purpose for the ministry of God in Jesus Christ. You can be built into his living house, his spiritual house, as living stones. See, you also are pulled in. You're not left aside. You're not walked past. You are not insignificant and forgotten by the side of the quarry road. You also are built in. As you come to him, you belong. Verse 9 says this, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Read those next three words with me, church. God's special possession. God's special possession. You are. What does that mean? That means you belong to God. That means he possesses you, he owns you, and he treasures you. You're precious to him. You belong to God, the people that belong to God. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So what is this saying? Listen. What this is saying is that you also are built into a spiritual house as a living stone. And for Peter, that changed his whole life. As he came to Jesus Christ, the cornerstone, and he found himself built in, not forgotten, but built in. You're a rock. And as he got built in, what he found is that it wasn't just that he had a relationship with Jesus that fit, that worked, that made him feel at home, but that others could also come to Jesus. In fact, others were building their lives next to his and on top of his and relying on him. And because of who Peter was, others could be brought in. 
See, when you're a living stone in the spiritual house of God, all of your history, all of your eccentricities, all your sort of like your personality traits and, and the things that you do well and the things that you do poorly and everything that's unique about you, God is using that not just to build you up next to Jesus, but to build a space for someone else to find home in this house of Jesus Christ. And you think, well, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like way out on the edge of town. I mean, I, for me to be a stone that gets picked up and built in to Jesus' living temple, that doesn't make sense really because I'm so far out on the edge. I don't think I really fit in here. Listen to me. As God has built you into his spiritual house, he has built you in so that in all that you are, there's somebody who can find themselves built in. And after that one, there's another. And after that one, there's another five, ten, a hundredfold because you have been built in as a living stone. There's no belonging like belonging to Jesus. The temple of God, it's not a building. It's the Lord indwelling his believers. There's no belonging like belonging to Jesus. But listen, there's two paths. Peter says there's two paths. Some receive and some reject. So who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? Who is this Jesus? This man of history, this great man, he was rejected. They made up lies about him. They told stories about him. They held a, a false trial in the middle of the night, in the dark of night, accused him of things he didn't do so they could turn him into authorities. Roman authorities who would beat him publicly, would whip him, and would, and would nail him to a cross to die. Jesus was rejected. That's the picture of rejection. But he wasn't rejected because he deserved to be rejected. He was rejected because you and I deserve to be rejected. Our rebellion against God deserves exile if not execution. And Jesus died the death of a rebel in our place so that you and I could be received and built into the living household of God. And as he died on the cross, he died for our sins, that all could be forgiven, that we could be made new. And when he rose again from the dead, the stone that the builders rejected became the cornerstone and now this Jesus and this cross and this grave and this empty tomb, this is the cornerstone on which you can build your life. It is the precious cornerstone for those who believe. How do you respond? There are two ways. Look at this in verse seven. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. You say, I can believe in that. I can build my life on that. I can make everything new by leaning into Jesus, building my life on his life. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected, has become the cornerstone. Hear me now. Jesus is the cornerstone whether you believe in him or not. He is. And this is what happens. A stone that causes people to stumble, a rock that makes them fall. Why? They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. What is Peter saying? He's saying, look, who is Jesus Christ to you? Who is he to you? Is he the cornerstone on which you're gonna build your life? Believe in him. Believe in him. If you do not believe, if you reject his message, if you despise his name, 
He's still the cornerstone. And he's going to stand in your path. He's going to stand in your way. For those who reject Jesus, they see this rock in their way, and they say, get that obstruction out of my way. I want to live my life, and this rock is here. This, this rock over which I can't get around, and I can't get over, and I can't, it just causes me to stumble. It causes me to fall. Get that Jesus out of my way. But you never can. He's the cornerstone. Don't despise him. Turn to him and believe. No more alone. No more left behind. No more pushed aside. Believe. Believe. There's no belonging like belonging to Jesus. It makes your whole life new. One of our pastors, Pat Hartsuck, told me about his father coming to Christ just a month before he passed away. And he said, Tim, my dad, let me tell you about my dad. My dad was a, a helpless, hopeless narcissist. He was egotistical. He was self-centered. He only thought of himself. He was mean to us all his life. But I was sitting with my dad. And he'd come to Jesus. And my dad said to me, Pat, go get a go get a glop of peanut butter and put it on that stump outside for the squirrels. And so Pat thought, what? So he went and he got a glop of peanut butter and he's walking halfway out the yard and he just stops, staring at this peanut butter on the spoon. He says, man, that's a change. This heart that only ever thought of itself is out here thinking of others. Even these yard rats, you know? <laughs> How about that? There's no belonging like belonging to Jesus. It renames your life. It renames who you are. It changes your track. I knew a girl once who gave her life to Christ. She was, she was desperately in pain. She was bulimic. She was cutting herself. She was trying in every way that she knew how to escape the world that she was in. She gave her life to Jesus. Her whole demeanor changed. I met a man once who was a bodyguard to Yasser Arafat, a violent man who dealt in violence in the world. And he gave his life to Jesus. His whole life changed. He's an evangelist in the Muslim world, risking everything that he's got. I met a man once who was on death row. He was on death row, scheduled for execution. He gave his life to Jesus Christ and everything changed and he's still alive to this day and he travels and he speaks about the glories of Jesus Christ. I know a man who, who went on a business trip and checked into a hotel determined to take his own life and he pulled the Bible out of the drawer and he found hope and gospel news. There is no belonging like belonging to Jesus. There is no life like life in Jesus Christ. There is new life and it's you also who can be included, a living stone. For me, I'll tell you, I was, a, I was a sad little boy when I came to Jesus, a child of divorce. My parents loved me through and through, still do. But that season of my life, I was sad and lonely when the Lord came into my life and he said, you are not left by the side, a meaningless rock, useless and passed over. I have a purpose for you. You're a living stone in my house for my glory. I want to encourage you. 
as we close this series and everything we've talked about is my appeal to you by the mercies of God belong to Jesus. It doesn't matter what you belong to until you belong to Jesus. That heart that's in your chest it beats along its track. I want to tell you, I was, I was seated in here on Friday last week for a memorial service of a very dear man, a dear friend of this church, a dear saint. I was seated right there and, and they were singing up front and lyrics from the song just kind of knocked me out of my chair. Maybe you know this song, it goes like this. They sang in front of all of us and with your final heartbeat, kiss the world goodbye. Then go in peace and laugh on glory's side. With your final heartbeat. I don't say this to be mean. I don't say this to be dramatic, friends. It's the truth. That heart that is beating inside your chest, it will only beat so many times. And with your final heartbeat, what will be the question? When you're finished and you've drawn your last breath, there isn't anyone who's going to ask, well, did you belong to, to First Pres? Did you belong to the, to the church? Did you belong to uh, this political party or this, this movement? Or were you on this email list? Well, what did you belong to? No one's going to ask, friends. There's going to be one question and one question only. Did you belong to Jesus Christ? Belong to Him. Nothing else matters. I want to ask you to pray with me to close this series. Won't you pray with me? Follow along in prayer. You at home, follow along in prayer. Let's open our hearts to the Lord. Just follow along. Pray as I pray. Oh, Lord my God, after me, pray whatever I pray. Just open up your voice, church. One voice. Let's pray together. Oh, Lord, my God. My only comfort in life and in death is that I belong to you. I believe in you, Jesus. I trust in your grace. Thank you for your death on the cross. Thank you for new life in resurrection. Hold on to my soul. I belong to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Colorado Springs area, we would love to meet you on a Sunday morning. To plan your visit, head to our website at firstprezcos.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-C-O-S dot org.